You're listening to the Open Court Podcast with Jay Young, Bob Huesler, and Joe DeSantis. An all-access pass to Fairfield University men's basketball. Well, welcome back to Open Court with Jay Young, your podcast place for Fairfield basketball, along with the coach. I'm Bob Huesler, joined by my broadcast partner, the Fairfield Hall of Famer, Joe DeSantis. And we're also pleased to be joined today by Stags forward Alan Jean Rose as the Stags come off their win against Division Three Coast Guard and have one more non-conference game to play. That'll be against Drexel before they make the transition back to MAC play for the rest of the season. And, Jay, uh, that game against Coast Guard allowed you to hit that reset button after a, after a disappointing loss against Yale. And so we'll start by asking you, what specifically were you trying to do better against Coast Guard that was not there in the loss against Yale? Yeah, I just thought for Coast Guard, I wanted to see some of the stuff that we haven't seen, you know, uh, you know, high assists, low turnovers, sharing the basketball, making extra passes. And I think we talked about this before the game. Hopefully our guys could see the ball go in a little bit because we've been, you know, struggling from the perimeter. So a better job in the second half than the first job, than the first half of the Coast Guard game. But overall, I was pleased with uh, our approach and the way we handled the game. That Yale game, tale of two halves. You limit them to uh, 24 first-half points and then uh, 53 points in the second half. And uh, I know um, you were disappointed about the defensive effort in that second half. Um, Was that, from your standpoint and your time here at Fairfield, probably the most disappointing half that you've endured from a defensive standpoint? I think so. Uh, you know, we gave up a big number when we played Providence, but it was such a different situation. It was COVID year. We had barely practiced, and it was, you know, Providence. Uh, and, and Yale's a very good team, and, and uh, you know, uh, James does such a good job with that team. But I, I just thought we could have won it on one side of the ball, even though our offense wasn't great, and we kind of had the, the issue of missing shots again that, that we, we thought we should make. But I just thought that, you know, we, we just let uh, – you know, our disappointment on the offensive end uh, infect us on the defensive end, and we weren't defending with the purpose that we needed to. So I was really disappointed after that game just about some of the effort stuff that, that we uh, showed on the defensive end and, and just, you know, some hanging of the heads and, and some disappointment stuff that that uh, I, I just uh, I didn't like. Yeah, the term you used uh, to describe that was a lack of uh, defensive integrity. And, again, just to summarize it and make sure that I interpret that correctly, what was happening at the offensive end is carrying over in a negative way to the defensive end. Is, is that a – Correct. Right. Yeah. No. No question. And, you know, and I told the guys, integrity is something that you always have. It's not something that you have one day and you don't have the next day. So when things go bad for us, we still have to play a certain way. Uh, we still have to defend with a purpose on on that end of the floor. And as bad as we were offensively in the second half, if we had just done what we did in the first half, we win the game. You know, by ten points. But you know, credit Yale. They're a very good offensive team and got good players. And and obviously. Uh, you know, they're not going to let you get back in the game and, and help you, and they didn't do that. But I was just really, like I said, disappointed in in just um, just our effort on the, on the defensive end in the second half. Uh, AGR is one of the best defensive players, if not the best defensive player on, uh, on this Fairfield team. Where would you rank the Stags right now in terms of where you're at collectively 
as a defensive squad. We'll get into the offense later, but you, you kind of set the tone defensively. So when you th- see a second half like you had against Yale, you take it personally. And, uh, again, repeating the original question, where's Fairfield at defensively as a squad in your own mind? Um, well, it was definitely disappointing to uh, give up, like, 53 points in the second half. And that's not something that we want to do, but it happened, unfortunately. But – and. I think that we can always – well, we have to fix it. Like, we always got to do better on the the d- defensive side of the ball. And um, I don't know. I feel like it got to be, like, a more co- uh, collective effort of, of everyone, and everyone got to buy in, and that's going to help us on the offensive end at the end of the day. Do you uh, consider yourself uh, one of the leaders at the defensive end? Because so much of defense depends upon communication, and as you said, everybody – buying in and part of that involves leadership do you take a lot of that on your own yeah shoulders? yeah for sure um i definitely take pride of it i'm trying to set set tone at least uh for us uh defensively like every possession um trying to be act, as active as possible and just try to lead on defense and um sometimes we do that great sometimes we don't and uh i feel like we can always do better so Jay, uh, since we're talking about defense, so you practice your um, different techniques, structurally, ball screens, whatever. Then you start to play games. Then you go to scouting reports. You're 12 games in, going on your 13th game, coming up against a very good Drexel team. Are there things that happen in the game that you haven't practiced against? Like, are there adjustments you have to make, things you have to see? Or, but I guess what I'm trying to say is, how many adjustments do you make during the course of a game based on offenses that you haven't seen? I, I think we we uh, script more um, situations that are – we always go over plays, and, we're, and uh, my staff does a great job of scouting, but our situations are scripted um, when we see them in the game. If a cross screen or, or a rip screen appears, this is how we're handling it. This, we, we default always to certain – coverages that we have um and we will make adjustments in the game usually it usually happens around ball screen coverage more than anything else because there's so many ball screens set now in today's game so we'll either switch some more stuff or or uh slide under something that we normally if if we think it's giving us trouble um they got to their left hand uh they you know they had four lefties in the starting lineup the, the other day Yale and it was weird for us to kind of practice that way when but we really tried to keep those guys uh, from going to the left. We even showed the shot chart of how many baskets they had scored on the year on the left side of the floor with guys going to the left. And the second half, they got to the left hand. So we, I thought just we just did a poor job of executing what we wanted to do. But we will make those adjustments in game. Sometimes it's, you know, like, like I said, it's usually around ball screen coverage. Um or, or just switching some stuff that, that we that we might have gone into the game saying, okay, we're going to play it this way, but then we see that something's hurting us and we will make those changes. So you, you know your players by now, what they can do, what they can't do, and the younger kids like a James Johns Jr., you mentioned has to improve defensively. If you went to bed one night and said to yourself, the one thing we have to get better at, what would that be? Defensively or yes, offensively? Yes, defensively. Defensive ball screen coverage. Yeah, ball screen coverage. We we just um, 
we've had some good moments. Uh, our guards got to do a better job of some defeat and some screens and that type of stuff. Um, I've just, it's been average, you know, right now. And we just got to, we, we got to do a better job of staying connected and talking earlier and doing that type of stuff. So we've been showing them a lot of film on ball screen coverage and we've had some very good moments. So we're capable of doing it. It's the consistency on that end of the floor that we've been looking for. And uh, yeah, but that's the one thing that, that, uh, but, you know, probably every coach in the country might say that right now is ball because there's just so many ball screens set in the game nowadays and, and you're faced with so many of them on certain possessions. What do you think of that, AJR? How difficult a challenge is it to adapt, even during the course of a game, to ball screen coverages? Um, how, what's the learning curve on that and where are you at in terms of your confidence and being able to build and your ability to absorb all of that? Well, like Coach said, we have we have been very pretty average um, uh, doing like Boston coverage and stuff like that. And um, me personally, I try to uh, help my teammate as much as possible. And when they're when I can see a matchup that I like, I'm just gonna switch it um, so I can try to stay in front of the ball as much as possible. But yeah, we definitely got to do a better job at that for sure. And I, I think the casual viewer will only criticize the two people involved defensively in the ball screen, but it's really a team thing, isn't it? Sure. There's, you know, two guys involved and then three have to be in, in lane protection in their coverages. They have assignments. They have a bump or a tag res- responsibility. They, you know, so it's, it's, it's five guys. You know, the, the two guys are obviously the most obvious that people, like right. you said, would probably look to, but it's the guys off the ball have important jobs just as well. So, um, you know, it's always about where they're coming from, what angle, and who's setting them? There's a lot that goes into it that we got to be uh, on top of, and, and we've just got to do a better job with some of that type of stuff. Certainly helps uh, when you're feeling 100% physically. And AJR, you just uh, battled a, a case of COVID, um, mm-hmm. so that forced you to miss the uh, Sacred Heart game. Um, have you had COVID before? Was this your yeah, first? Yeah, I had COVID exactly a year ago before that happened. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. it, it seemed like the entire Fairfield team yeah. at one point last year came down with COVID. Uh, so um, was the second time around worse than the first time? Yeah, it was worse than the first time. I didn't have anything the first time. This time was definitely, uh, it, yeah, the first two days especially, yeah, it was it was, it was, was tough. Do you know where you caught it? Hmm? Do you know where uh, you got No it? idea. Yeah. No idea. Yeah, there is no, it's, it's running rampant now. And yeah. It's crazy. COVID and uh, they're calling it, what, the, the, the tridemic or something? You've got viruses everywhere, Coach, and that's affected the team. I mean, you've had a lot of guys who have been out sick. It's uh, it's not helped your no. practices, has it? No, we've been uh, – we've had some guys who have been pretty sick, and even at practice today that – coughing and sneezing and sniffling and you know so uh it, it's just i said that that time of year everything you know it, it, there is a lot more obviously this year because i'll if you listen to the news that the emergency rooms are yeah. overflowing with flu cases and people being sick so i think you know you got to try and stay as safe as possible but i don't know if any team that i've ever been on went to a season without a bunch of guys getting sick and we're together all the time they're sharing rooms so once one guy gets it it usually travels through the team at some point. So, yeah, practices have been uh, an interesting uh, challenge for the Stags uh, this year. And we've talked a lot opening things up here about things at the defensive end. And uh, that's, that's what you want this trademark to be on this Fairfield team, your ability to defend. But obviously, Coach, you don't win games unless the ball is uh, going in 
in, in the basket. And uh, scoring points this year has been a challenge for Fairfield. And you look at when you were talking about this, when you were talking about playing Coast Guard and wanting to see the ball go in the basket, saw better things in the second half than the first. But you have shooters who just aren't playing to the back of, well, the turn, you know, the old baseball card reference, uh, the numbers in the back of the baseball card. They're not matching up with some of your shooters. Is it blind faith to think that, okay, it's, it's going to come around because these guys have a track record. They've done it before. And eventually the law of averages will kick in and you'll start seeing these shots go down. Is that blind faith or do you have real reason to believe, look, this is going to turn and here's why? Yeah, no, I, I truly believe we're going to make shots. I've said that all along, and I know it's frustrating for, for everybody, um, and f- especially for the guys who are missing them. They, they've got, seems like they got the weight of their world on their shoulders for every open shot that they get and they miss, and I don't want them to think like that. We just got to keep taking good shots, which I, you know, I really do believe we've taken, for the most part, really good shots. There's always a few when you look at the film, that you would like to be better, maybe pass up a good one for a great one. We've been on that theme uh, with a lot of our tape, but they're taking good shots. Uh, they'll go in. I think we're we're slowly starting to, uh, you know, Jalen made three yesterday, TJ made two. Um, so th- they'll go in. I'm, I'm confident in that. What I just keep preaching, you guys have heard me say that, is, is we got to just play way harder on the defensive end right now. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're not going in. And, and that's why, you know, going back to the Yale game, I was so disappointed that that, that cannot dictate, shot-making cannot dictate whether we're going to win or lose the game because th- that is, you know, that comes and goes. And unfortunately, it hasn't been around much for us this year, but I do believe we're going to uh, make shots. These guys are proven shot-makers. Uh, they've made them in practice, but we just got to, you know, whatever this is, it's like the old uh, – Major League Soriano, maybe we got to <laughs> put the incense on the uh, in the locker room, whatever we need to do, but uh, w- we will make shots. So do you do anything different in practice in terms of shooting, or have you done things differently or no? These guys really work at shooting. Uh, they, they work a ton of shooting, uh, more so on their own. Uh, Joe, they'll get in separately with our assistants, uh, and our assistants do a great job. So I have no it's, – it's these guys work their tails off shooting the basketball, and uh, they get in on their own. They get in extra. So uh, that's never been an issue with me. If they were missing and they weren't getting in, I'd have a problem with it. But they work their tails off. Uh, you know, sometimes in practice you don't get a lot of shots off because you're practicing, especially during the game. So we, we make sure that they get in their own and, and – uh, and and they've been doing that, and they gotta you know the the only thing you can do is is just you know work hard and stay confident, and uh, that's the only there's no nothing magical that's gonna happen here. We just gotta get in and keep shooting them, and 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 take, you know get game like reps when you are shooting them, and and the only thing I always tell them is sometimes when it's going bad, you know get, get, be real stingy with shot selection and try and get yourself like. Uh, TJ jumped out in the passing lane, got a steal in the layup. So didn't Woj yesterday. Like, how do you get yourself six points in a box score without shooting the basketball? You know, get fouled, make two free throws, have a back cut for a layup, and all of a sudden you got six, and the rim's just a little bigger for you then. Um, so we got to do a little more of that. But I, I'm, I'm confident we're going to make shots. Uh, AJR, you're averaging uh, 8.4 points per game uh, so far this season. That's almost double what your scoring average was of last season um, on two point field goals this year, you're at 62%. So it indicates what you do. Well, you're a slasher. Uh, 
You're a great driver. We know you can do that. Your outside game, how much potential is there in that? Is that is, is that something that is still something you see as part of your offensive arsenal, or are you more you you want to stick to your strength, which obviously is driving to the basket? Um, personally, I'm just trying to stick to uh, what I'm good at and what I I think can help the team. Um, I think I've done a good job just driving the ball, like going perimeter to post and stuff like that. And I, I can always like find shooters and stuff like that, especially when I'm on the post and stuff like that. I think that definitely helps the team. And I think that's definitely something I'm the, I'm just going to continue to do. And um, yeah, I'm just, I've just been thinking that at the four, I'm just like comfortable, like just can just do like, I have good matchups and stuff like that, that I think that I can score. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I like to find my teammates and stuff like that too. So it's yeah, I've just been comfortable doing what I'm doing right now. So I'm just gonna keep doing it. So um, I think a, a good quality of anybody is looking in the mirror and seeing who they are. So you, you're not looking maybe for the three like you used to, but your foul shooting is much better. Mm. Okay, from last year, you improved tremendously. So my question to you is. In that time when you're alone in the gym, will you work on the three? Will you try to get better at it so maybe you'll get to a point where – and I'm not saying you don't have confidence. Will you feel a little better about yourself in taking a three? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I still, I definitely still need to continue working on it for sure because I can always – there's probably gonna, always going to be a shot that I'm going to have to take like at the end of the shot clock, for example. And I definitely got to um, keep working on it for sure. Um because, yeah, that could, that could also help me. So, yeah. Coach, uh, your perspective on AJR's offensive game, he's become, uh, as we've already talked about, great driver, great slasher. And he just talked about how he's uh, become a good drive and kick guy. But beyond that, do you want him to stay in that zone of offense? Or, like Joe was just saying, maybe get a little more confidence in that outside shot? Yeah, you know, we I, I sat down with AJ after the Wagner game, and I think he was 0 for 7 at the time from 3. And, um, you know, we had not been shooting the ball well from our guard spot, so then you added AJ's 0 for 7. And I just said to him, like, I appreciate how hard he's worked on his three-point shot, and he was making them in the summer and, and in the preseason. But w for whatever reason, that just hasn't translated to games. And uh, at the end of the day, AJ, after a three-year you know, a sample size that it's a part of the game that you've just struggled with. And let's keep working on it, like you said. But when we play games, how do you really help our team? And that's from going perimeter to post and us playing off you and you flipping your hips and doing all that stuff that we've been working on them with. And after that game, A.J. was shooting 30% from the field. And now he's at 55% somewhere around yep. that. And I used him as an example of – a guy who probably just had to lose his ego a little bit about the three-point shot and buy into what we were asking him to do and what that can do for your game now. Um, AJ's been a huge, having a huge year for us and doing everything that we want him to do and enabling us to, uh, you know, uh, play a certain way. He He's, uh, like he said, it, he's we're playing off him when he gets in the post. He's had a couple of dump downs to... Supreme, I think he's tied right now for assists on our team. He's got to have, you know, turn it over a little less, I'd like, you know, on a couple of plays. But uh, he has done everything we have asked him to do. And 
we just sat down after the Wagner game. I said, like, you got to what's, – what's good for you and what's good for the team – could be two different things. Like, it's probably a little better for you to shoot threes and you would like it, but what's good for the team is that you don't do it. And he bought into that, so I appreciate that. And it's just a good example of what's happened to his game, going, you know, in a fairly short amount of time from 30% to 55% from the field and 62%, I think, from twos now or yep. whatever the number. Yeah, 62% from twos and getting fouled more, drawing fouls. So everything has, pos- has happened has been positive uh, from that offensive end. You talked about that dump down or dump downs. There have been more than one to uh, Supreme. Uh, you had that one set up for him that resulted in the dunk that ended up on the Sports Center top 10. Um, is If I were to ask you what gives you the most pleasure on, on a basketball court, uh, I just gave you an example of something you did there that resulted in a great dunk from Supreme. But uh, beyond that, if there was one single thing that I could say, okay, what do you enjoy the most doing on the basketball court? What would it be? Like on offense? Either end. Um, hmm. I don't know. I, I just love to, like, pass and just, like, when I go there, I love getting assists and stuff like that. So I just – I just like that, so yeah. So uh, Supreme would love to hear that answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always I always find Supreme anyway, so yeah. Yeah, and and the drive and the kick, as you were saying. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, Shoot it and stuff those, like that. Yeah. Those opportunities are going to be there. Um, AJR is one of the three guys, coach, and we've we've touched upon this in the podcast to our you know starters, along with uh, Supreme and Caleb. And you've been, uh, you know, and, and Jalen and Jake round out the starting five. One game to go in the non-conference, then you head into the MAC, and then you get into the real, the meat of the, the schedule and the season. Are you set on uh, your rotation right now as your starting five? I, I don't mean a set in stone question, but are you comfortable as you hit this part of the year, the MAC schedule, with your rotation? Yeah, I don't think, and I don't think there's a ton of ways we can go with it either. Quite honestly, there's, I like, you know, I want to try and help guys play their best basketball uh we made the one move with tj and brought him off the bench brought him off uh off the bench which i always liked um i thought he gave us a spark last year off the bench and i just liked him in that role so we moved him back to that um so yeah we're, we're comfortable with it we've you know we got to play better basketball so um you know i tell the guys you know to me starting is you get your name announced that's about it with me it doesn't make a lot of sense in trying to get our our groups off to a good start but you know uh the group that we had when we started Makai that that group had a plus uh a positive plus minus too so we were just starting him and he, we were going a little bigger when with some of those bigger teams we were playing but I like the lineup that we have I like AJ at the four he's got like he said a little more of an advantage there uh and he's been doing a good job it gives us a little more opportunities to switch some stuff with guys uh on the perimeter with him too you mentioned Makai just a second ago. Um, he got in the game against Coast Guard. It was his first game appearance since um, the Manhattan game. So there had been a lapse there. Is it just a matter of just being able to find a spot to put him in during any the course of any given game? Yeah, what's happened a little bit is we we try to play him at some four early in the in the year, which we, we could do. We played Xavier. We played Wake. We were huge at the four, and that, that was fine. Uh, he struggled – uh, to score, find w- opportunities for us out of our offense at that four spot. And, you know, most of his baskets were coming when we moved them to the five. They were coming from there. So, 
it just became a thing now where we got three five men. And, uh, you know, we're going to play Supreme as long as we can play him, depending on what game is, how his wind is, how, how he's feeling. And Chris is just a little bit ahead of Makai right now, so he's taking those minutes. And, you know, you're really not going to get to your third post in the game unless you're in some foul trouble. So that's really what it's been for him. Yeah, you, you kind of answered my question, but um, also the guy here sitting next to us has really developed as a very, as we talked about, as a as a scorer and a passer and defender. It's, you're in a tough spot because you got guys in that five spot who want to play and you can't get them minutes. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, it, it is. You know, you if you're the third five man on any team, and Makai's very talented. We all say that, but uh, that's a spot for us that obviously has been very good. It's Supreme's been great, and Chris backing him up has been very good. Uh, so Makai's just got to kind of you know find his niche right now and uh, and and stay positive. And uh, we actually have some breaking news. It was brought to our attention that uh, James Johns Jr. has been named the MAC Rookie of the Week uh, during the one-and-one week for the Stags. He averaged uh, nine-and-a-half points, five-and-a-half rebounds, numbers good enough to uh, get his name on the website. MAC Rookie of the Week. It's a nice honor for him. And as we get into the MAC season after the Drexel game, uh, what is the upside of the reigning Mac Rookie of the Week, James Johns Jr. He's got a huge upside, yeah. He's got to continue to, you know, keep working in the weight room, get stronger, got to continue to work on his defense and, uh, you know, uh, complete a couple of drives. But I think everybody sees the talent that's out there and, and uh, you know, he's probably got as much growth room for growth as anybody on the team. AJR, um, it's hard to believe you're in your fourth year. <laughs> I mean, Crazy, right? It does go fast. So, um I wanted to ask you, what is the difference between the Alan Jean Rose who stepped on this campus uh, in 2019, the summer of 2019, and the person and the player you are right now? Totally different. It's <laughs> totally different, like everything. I think everything about me changed. I mean, not everything, but like a lot of stuff about me changed, my approach into the game. And, um, yeah, I think I put way more – I put I had I really had a different mindset coming in this season for sure and um yeah definitely it's definitely something that changed over the the past year so yeah I'm sure we have a a few listeners who are not familiar with uh, the recruiting story with HAR I mean we've talked about it before but coach just uh, again tell us about how Alan Jean Rose ended up Martinique Florida Fairfield, Connecticut is an interesting journey. Yeah, so I got the job here. We had a bunch of open scholarships. And, uh, you know, I think it was uh, like the last week of recruiting. We probably still had four open scholarships at the time. And I wanted to recruit length and athletic ability because it's kind of what I want to start to play like. And, and it's the guys that I, you know, guys like AJ who can cover different positions and are athletic and can move. And I was on the uh, – phone with Charlton Young who was the assistant at uh, Florida State who was a friend of mine and he said you know there's a kid down here um, and Charlton had been the head coach at Georgia Southern he said you know if I was still at Georgia Southern I, I would recruit him and he's got length great kid all that stuff plays at a small school um, and he gave me a little bit of his background so I flew down to Tallahassee on the last day of recruiting and the workout was AJ, his head coach, and That's it. and four cones yeah. on the floor. <laughs> uh, so I watched him dribble around, uh, and honestly, I just kind of 
said, you know what, well, we got four scholarships. He's got length. He's got athletic ability. He's a great kid. If, he's, if he works at it, you know, maybe he's got a chance. I didn't know. You know, you're just taking a chance at that point. And uh, I did know about his character, which which was big because everybody raved about that. I mean, honestly, uh, one of the best kids I've ever been around. So, uh, but AJ's right. Like, you you know, and, and not any fault of his own. Just really had no clue about college basketball. Came from Martinique. Hadn't been in the States much. So I think that first year was just a whirlwind for him about all the stuff that he was going through just every day and, and that type of thing. So he's the ultimate stick it out, grind it, come to work every day, get better, and, and here's what happens when you do that. What other interest did you have from uh, schools when uh, Jay came along? Um, the only, like, two schools that were really reaching out a lot was uh, FAMU, um, Florida A&M, and uh, Troy University. And you end up at Fairfield, yeah. and when you look back at the decision to come to Fairfield, um, I know you're going to say it was it was the right move, but has it has it exceeded your expectations, and not just in the basketball sense, but in in every every aspect of what you've gone through here? Uh, yeah, for sure. I definitely did not did not know that I would definitely have like that much of a good time here. Uh, I really enjoyed like every part of this school and I, I i really love this place and yeah i'm just blessed to be in here how you doing uh you just can't are, are your are your finals done i know that finals are ongoing as we're speaking to you today on, on campus for everybody but what about you oh uh, i don't really have final. i have final, final projects and stuff like that but i don't really have like finals like exams and stuff like that. does anybody have finals do you do does anyone on this campus actually go to a classroom sit down with a yeah. little blue book they, mm -hmm. they yeah, still they do, do that. Yeah, they do, they do, they do. I just didn't this semester at least. You're still taking French? That's, um, that's not fair. Next semester I am. <laughs> yeah, I, I need that easy grade. <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, we want to hear in French something, so tell us I need that easy grade in French. I just want to hear it. J'ai besoin de cette note facile. It's just there's there's nothing you can say in French that doesn't sound good. <laughs> that's why he has so many dates. It's, it's not as good looks. That's no, for that's sure. Not, that's yeah. not true. That's not true. The, the BMOC, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but you are recovering from uh, that devastating loss on Sunday. Uh, that your your beloved French soccer team just yeah. stayed there against Argentina. Heartbreaking, man. Heartbreaking. But it's okay. It was it was the the best game I ever watched in my life. So. Yes, it's, it's uh, okay. No, I again just I read the sports pages, so I'm going by what I've read that it was a spectacular World yeah, Cup was, final. It was amazing. You're kind two of, teams, two big teams going out there. It was it was amazing to watch. So yeah. All right. Well, we now uh, switch it back to basketball, and you guys got a tough game coming up on uh, Thursday. Uh, Drexel six and six. Um, they beat Old Dominion. That ranks as a pretty good win. Uh, that's a good Old Dominion team. But anyway, we know Drexel is going to be good. They're the next team on the schedule for you. Coach, uh, what challenges do they pose to you? They've got, you know, Supreme's got to have his work cut out for him in this game. It'll be a great matchup if you like to watch big guys because their kid Williams is terrific. Um, I think he, I looked at it, you know, I started watching it last night, and he leads them in points, uh, free throw attempts, uh, uh, rebounds. I think steals and blocks. Yep. Um, so pretty good player. And they've got good guards. I think they're a little bit like us that they think that they should be playing better um, and they're starting to, starting to come. So it'll be a good matchup. But um, 
they've got a guy who's a premier big guy in the CAA and uh, good players around him too. So it'll be a really tough matchup for us and, uh, you know, like to have a good Christmas. So hopefully, hopefully we can play well and get a win. Yes. And listen, I know that you're only concerned about Drexel, but uh, we're ready to turn into January and the MAC conference. And I know now you have an idea in a general sense uh, of what the MAC is all about. Iona seems to be on the top line, and they pretty much are heads and shoulders above everybody else right now. Beyond that, there seems to be a lot of parity. At least that's the way I look at it. How about you and your general assessment of the MAC? Yeah, I would say that that's a pretty accurate assessment right there. That that. Um, Iona's playing really well. I watched a little bit of the end of their New Mexico game last night, but um, you know, honestly, you're just so locked into your next game, yep. and and you have a, a you're paying attention. If you can catch a game on an off night, uh, you will. But uh, you know, I, I I think that uh, you know the max up for grabs. Iona's obviously kind of uh, playing real well, but you know these games with the Mac, it's it, you know. Every game, you know what it's going to be like. It's going to be a root canal. Every game's going to be a war. Every game's going to be, I don't care who you're playing. If you're the first place team playing the last place team, uh, that's just the way this league is. Is So we're going to have to be obviously, uh, you know, playing playing good basketball to win some games. That must, has that been a revelation to you, AJR, the physicality of the MAC? You probably heard about it, but now you experience it firsthand. Uh and now you're a veteran of, of MAC competition. It, you got to really step your game up uh, from a physicality standpoint, don't you? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that the MAC is very underrated, um, and there's a lot of great players and a lot of it's very like physical, like you said. And it's, we definitely got to um, play our best basketball for sure for the next two months to um, to be able to uh, be in a good position for the tournament. Coach uh, mentioned that um, he watched the Iona-New Mexico game last night. Do you actually sit down in your dorm room and watch games? Is there a favorite college player you watch? Do you watch more pro games? Um, the only real games, basketball I watch sometimes some Mac, uh, Mac games, uh, but I like to watch because uh, I have some of my friends that play in other colleges and stuff like that. Um, I like to watch them a lot play. So, yes, yeah, just that basically. You know how lucky you are to be able to do that, Joe and I. Mm-hmm. We we got to watch games on Saturday afternoon on NBC, and uh, that was pretty much it. Now you pick up your phone, and yeah. uh, you're uh, you're blessed in that regard. And we're making ourselves sound like the old people oh, we actually are. A <laughs> different time. Uh, the one uh, piece of housekeeping I have for you, Coach, is uh, the. <laughs> it's like this is now becoming the Bryson Goodine portion of the podcast uh, a lot of fans are wondering where he's at physically and so what what can you tell us about his progress from the knee injury he's just doing stationary shooting right now um and uh probably got another week of that after the break uh kind of do some more basketball movement with him see how his knee reacts to that and then we're just going to go from there um you know but he's a, he's a ways away from playing so it's just a matter of uh keeping fingers crossed that if he can ramp it up a little bit and then when you take the final do the final imaging and that kind of thing he ultimately gets a green light but there are no guarantees either way right now that's right so i'm holding pattern uh, joe any final words here yeah there is uh, no such thing as the open court uh, jinx but um caleb fields last two games three for 17 three for 14 from three are you worried no uh you know that he was 
I, I did say to him today that, that uh, you know, the Yale game, obviously he was coming off being sick all week, and uh, I think he was just gassed. And then uh, last night I just said to him, uh, he's just settling for too many threes. He's shooting 60% at the rim, and he's just, you know, kind of taking too many uh, could got to the could have got to the rim more than he did yesterday. Uh, so no, I'm not worried. He's and he understands that. I just we show him the numbers all the time. This is what you're doing here. This is what you're doing there. And uh, he shouldn't have such a heavy split, Joe, with threes as opposed to twos. He should be he should be about a 65 35 split to twos twos to threes. That's what I think. And you know if you get it going one night, it's it's it's. But he's too good going to the basket. Even the one. Said so the one that we he missed last night. We had a follow up dunk because he drew the you know the post player for Coast Guard had to come over and help and and Supreme dunk the ball. So we got to get him to the rim a little more, which he which he understands. Well, we know who on this team does get to the rim very successfully, and we want to thank uh, Alan Gene Rose for being with us today. Uh, you've you. had a great Fairfield career so far, AJR, and uh, I know that there's uh, the best yet to come. Thanks for being with us. Appreciate today. Appreciate it. That'll do it for this edition of Open Court with Jay Young. Four games down, four to go on this eight-game homestand at the Leo D. Mahoney Arena. So it's Drexel on Thursday night, this Thursday, December 22nd. Then it's the return to Mac Play, Marist on Friday night, December 30th, and Siena on New Year's Day, Sunday, January the 1st. So uh, you make your uh, New Year's Day plans now. Uh, Plan to be at the uh, Mahoney Arena for a New Year's celebration as the Stags will play Siena that day. And tickets are available for all these games. Go to fairfieldstags.com forward slash T-I-X, fairfieldstags.com forward slash T-I-X. Drexel Thursday, Marist and Siena to follow. And we'll drop our next podcast shortly after the Siena game as the calendar changes to 2023, which means we won't be with you until uh, after uh, Christmas. So Merry Christmas to uh, all of you here and to all of our listeners. So for Jay Young and for Alan Jean Rose and for the Fairfield Hall of Famer Joe DeSantis and our great producer Ryan Moynihan, I'm Bob Eisler. Thanks for listening to Open Court. The Open Court Podcast is a presentation of Fairfield University Athletics. For future podcasts, videos, news, stats, and coverage of Fairfield Stags men's basketball, log on to fairfieldstags.com.